And now we have some guests from Shaw with us here in the studio. And uh, we welcome the chief executive of Shaw to the studio, that's Alistair Beek. And uh, we also have Christine Thomas, who is the chief executive for St. For Helena, and Adam Yon, who we all know who it is. <laughs> so, uh, welcome to St. FM. Thank you, Mike. Good morning. Thank you very much. Yeah, because everybody interested in what is happening to telecommunications. We have been promised there's a cable coming in the first quarter next year. And now we want to know what Shaw's involvement is in this. Well, that's actually uh, uh, a very big question at the moment because it's it's pretty uncertain times for sure here in St. Helena, uh, I'm, I'm afraid. Um, but let me start by talking about what I see is the, the positives of the situation. You've got this amazing asset here in St. Helena now uh, with the cable, the fiber optic cable having reached your shores um, and being housed in Rupert's Bay, ready, ready to be connected to a network in the future. Um, it's going to be transformational for telecommunications here and for communications in general and for the economy in general. I firmly, firmly believe that. And you also have what's, what's probably not, not broadly recognised or not as much recognised um, by all of your listeners here in St. Helena is what a wonderful team uh, you have here in Shaw. Uh, so we have 23 people, all St. Helenians employed, no expatriates here, uh, running a telecommunication service that keeps keeps Centelina connected to the rest of the world, and and that uh, that network that those people have built and that those people run is an amazing asset as well to Centelina already. Um, and uh, I, I will t take you through some of the statistics of, of that network right now. So we have um, we have thirty kilometres of fibre already in that network here in Centelina, which is helping connect your homes, your businesses, uh, the hospital, uh, education, uh, schools, etc. Everyone is being connected through that, uh, that, that fibre optic cable. Um, and it actually goes all the way out to the airport even um, as well. And there's also, as part of that network, it's then connected into um, the copper cable, which is what you see outside on the poles and um, and won't see so much of under the roads as well which is where a lot of the fiber is today too um, and there's 200 kilometers of that cabling out there as well added to that you have a mobile network um, where you can get coverage across almost the entire island I, I, I'm sure that some of your listeners have thick walls and it, it doesn't get all the way into your homes um, which is exactly the same all around the world that I, I live in Guernsey and come from Guernsey and it's the same same there too so um, you have what I think is, a, is an amazing potential and let me talk a bit about if I can Mike uh, the, the potential of, of what that, what that can bring to the islands of Centralina and to, to, to the community of Centralina as well. So, first and foremost, it's a big opportunity to give everyone a more, a more digital lifestyle. Today, you know, I, I, I live uh, in Guernsey and today uh, there we are connected to a submarine fibre cable and it goes across the channel. And that means that, that we can get access to much faster broadband um, than you can here currently. 
And what does that mean? That means people can watch Netflix all day long, which they do. Uh, they can uh, call people on um, Microsoft Teams, you know, at work. So during the pandemic, we were constantly on uh, Teams calls to each other, Zoom calls, WhatsApp video calling, all of these things that today will will be restricted here in Centralina. Um, you'll be able to do in a totally unlimited manner in the future. That that in itself means that life will become more enjoyable if you enjoy doing those things. And uh, you know, if we look at the whole rest of the world, people do use those things a lot more, and as a, that provides an emotional connection. Um, and then there's the opportunity um, in education, for example. So to leverage that that now super fast highway to be able to watch more go attend lectures online, watch more more videos of talks and, and access more resources um, and attend classes online. All those things can become possible, which again would be restricted, somewhat restricted today. And then of course there's businesses. Businesses will be able to get access to an amazing range of cloud services, which again, they don't have today, which will mean their businesses can be run more efficient, can be better run for customers as well. And then finally, I would say the other key area is government. So government today um, won't be again able to take advantage of all these digital services. So, you you know, um, in the future, government can can be run more efficiently itself. Um, uh, E-medicine will be another example where people will be able to get access to better healthcare through, through that broadband network. I, when you put all that together, that is a major shift in the economy potentially. Then there's the fact that I think you can attract more people to Centralina too, because you know when any, anyone is looking at property, uh, certainly in the UK in Guernsey again, where I'm from, or anywhere around the world. Yes, it used to be said that it was location, location, location. Well, now it's not so much. It's location and broadband, or location and Wi-Fi is what people look for. Same thing when they, they look to book their holidays and hotels as well. Why has it become so important? It's because of the whole working from home trend, which has been fully established in the rest of the world now. And there is absolutely no reason why people might not think of coming to Centralina. We, we are seeing the population in Guernsey and Isle of Man and Jersey go up purely because people can now uh, have reconsidered and think that they can run their, their work life or their business life from Guernsey rather than from having to go into London. And there is absolutely no reason why you wouldn't attract a certain number of people to have exactly the same thoughts in Centralina as well. And the other, the other way that the, the economy can be boosted, and I, I, this is a very real opportunity, um, and it's knocking on the door at the moment, is through the satellite operators. It's, it's not an endless opportunity, but there will be some satellite operators that uh, definitely want to come and operate their, their earth stations, as it's called, in places like Horse Point. And, and that will be a significant boost to the economy and represent a major investment as well. Yes. Uh, now we come to the tricky points. <laughs> uh, uh, so you said in the beginning that Shore's situation is a little bit precarious because you actually don't have a contract. You got an extension on the contract for a year. Um, so 
what is your position when it comes to this? What can you promise people in the position where you are? People want to know when and how fast and how much. That's all the, the simple questions. So what can we tell the people that are asking these questions? So look, first of all, we, we want to desperately be here in Centralina in the future. As I said earlier on, we have 23 people who work for sure, who are all Centralinians and have all of the skills required. Uh, we also have all of that amazing infrastructure in place. So sure is fully committed and would love to be part of the, of the provision of telecommunications here in the future. It would be, I believe, a very big waste and lost opportunity to not take advantage of, of the sure team that's here and all of that infrastructure and all of those assets that are there it'd be a complete waste as things stand at the moment we have as you rightly said uh, an extended license that allows us to operate until the end of next year till the end of 2023 that is unfortunately without a license we are unable to operate so as things stand we will not sure will not be able to operate until and or as, as such time as that license is extended if it was to be extended again or a new license be granted as things stand at the moment uh, uh, a, a Spanish company Maestro um, who apparently had an inter internet services provider um, that n none of us have actually heard of even though we operate in telecommunications around the, around the world um, are due to build a new network um, for Centralina. Um, they're not here, um, they're based in Barcelona. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they have been visiting the island over the last few weeks, as I understand it. But they are going to have to build a brand new network. They, they can't use our network because it's Shaw's network. And so, uh, unfortunately, what's going to have to happen is that a whole new network is going to need to be built. Um, uh, and the desire of uh, St. Helena government is that that will be done in, in within a year. Well, um, Mike, I hadn't been to St. Helena until this week, and I'm looking out your window here, and I can see up to the top there. Um, you know, St. Helena is not an easy place to build a brand new network, and you think of the number of poles that are going to have to be put up, the number of roads that are going to have to be dug up, and all that new... Uh, infrastructure that's going to have to be put in um, I think it's um, it's it's probably a 1% chance that that network will be ready by the end of next year in which case there's going to be a problem because Shaw won't have a license to operate and a new network won't be ready to be built so what we hope is that in and that's one of the reasons I'm here is uh, that Shaw will will actually be required at some stage and I really really hope that we can provide and it can be the, the new network as we had offered can be built on using our network and and that sure will continue to be the operator here in Centralina we would love to do that because it appeared didn't it that the new net network the fiber network I think it was estimated to 1.1 million or something to build it, it looked very cheap to most people not that 1.1 million is a lot of money but 
it, it, it seemed a little bit uh, suspicious. I think it would be honestly a miracle to to um, uh, uh, meet at that kind of cost. Unfortunately, um, now people might say, "Yeah, well, you would say that, wouldn't you?" But uh, Shaw had proposed to use none of Centelina's money in building a new fibre network, and it would have gone to every single property. It would have used our network, but it would have gone to every single property. And uh, and we believe that that will take, if we had used our network, it would have taken 18 months to do. It would have been a lot more money than 1.1 million, and that's using our network as well, which will be a much uh, lower cost uh, proposition. Um, and and what we said was it would probably take 18 months to build it and about two between two and three years to get every home connected up i don't i think what a lot of people don't understand is how it actually works if 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 i can just ask all your your listeners to to picture their their homes if they're not at home and if you are then uh, where do you have your your telephone socket it's in the wall isn't it it's probably it might be quite near to you because that's typically, you know, where you, it's in your living area normally where your socket comes into the door, into the wall. And where does that go? Well, it normally goes up, out, out onto your wall, uh, probably towards your roof, and then, and then the wire goes onto a pole. If you walk outside of your home, you'll look up and you'll see a wire that connects to a pole. And that eventually connects all the way back to, to Shaw's main um, exchange. And then eventually that goes all the way up into a satellite in, and through the air. And that's how telecommunications works. So when you build a new fibre network, you need to replace all of that. So everyone's home, someone will need to come in and fit a new socket uh, and drill that into your wall and fit it. And then the wire will need to go out up onto a pole and eventually go all the way back to uh, shores exchange and then be connected to the cable that, that comes under the ocean. I think the estimate was about £514 per connection in St. Helena in the estimate. Yes, and that, that's, um, that's uh, uh, just, um, it's not doable for that. Uh, I mean, as I said, we, we had... Um, we have proposed, uh, the, we know the investment that it would take here, and we have a lot of experience. We've built fibre to 8,000 homes um, in Guernsey this year, um, and that's in partnership with the Guernsey government. So, so we, we, we do know what we're doing on this, and, and we have people, I know you know Mark Heron, for example, he's, he's helped um, Adam here in specifying technology and how we would do it. So we have experts in in Guernsey and further afield who are helping to plan what we would do here. Now, but what people out here now want to hear, uh, I think we understand what you're saying because this fiber optic network on the island, there are some doubts among people that have a little bit of clue what's going on. Um, so, but if you get a new contract, still people want to know, sure, it's known for being expensive. I don't think we have to, we don't have to argue about that point. So, um, what will people pay for their broadband? You get access to the cable using your network. What will people pay? Do you have any 
I can understand if you can't say exactly, but you must have some clue because that's the incentive. Mike, 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 look, it's, uh, I, I think normally this would have been a difficult question to, to answer because everyone would complain about that there are high prices. And uh, that, you know, just to explain why they are high, it's, it's because simply because, as you all know, uh, it comes in through a satellite source and that satellite broadband is incredibly expensive. And that's that's what drives the price here. Um, so the cable is a game changer for pricing, absolutely a massive game changer. And gone will be the days where you have to monitor how much data you're using because our proposal was it will go unlimited. So you'll be able to use it as much as you like. The speeds that we'll be able to offer will be no different than the speeds that we'll be able to offer anywhere else in the world. So. You, it is going to be completely transformation. Now, I know the bit you're waiting to hear is, yeah, but how much is it going to cost? That's what everyone wants to know. So I'll give you an indication of what we'd proposed. Uh, we'd proposed that for unlimited data at around 20, 30 megs uh, of speed, so that's a lot faster than you get today. I think it's uh, a good 10 times faster uh, than your typical broadband package here, would be around the £50 a month mark. So it, it, it is completely revolutionary in comparison to today. But 20 to 30 meg is still quite slow. Well, I, can t- I, 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 I actually uh, completely disagree with you there. I think the perception is, uh, but remember, it's, it's 10, 10 to 15 times faster than you would have today. And uh, I'm on that package in Guernsey myself. I have two children uh, who can be watching Netflix Non, both of them separately or streaming a games on PlayStation or doing whatever uh, I will be happily on Teams and that still doesn't use 20 or 30 megs um, f- £50 a month yes that um, what, that's what we had proposed that's what you had proposed yes and, and of course whilst Alison mentioned um, you know th- 20 to 30 megs the network they were proposing to build was XGS Pine Network which meant that it would have been capable of delivering 10 gigabit uh, network connectivity. So that was kind of like the entry level sort of... Um, to get us started. Yes. yes. Uh, just for curiosity here, what's, what's going to happen to the television service on the island when this comes in? Uh, that, that, that would be quite redundant, wouldn't it? Uh, no, it shouldn't be redundant, and, um, and, but it is a good question. Um, the, the television service at the moment is provided over a satellite link um, and it really doesn't make any difference how it comes to Centralina, whether it comes over satellite or whether it comes through a cable. What what I think will change though is that some people will say, and this is called cable cutting in the US, some people will say, actually, I'm caught, I really like watching Netflix now. I don't want to pay for my, uh, for my TV subscription anymore. And they'll, so, so there'll be a certain changing of habits um, what you'll also find is people who love watching sport, for example, will carry on with their TV. I, I have Sky TV in the UK precisely because I like to watch the Premier League. Um, and if you want to carry on watching the Premier League, then the best way to do that will be using the existing TV network. The question, though, is fundamentally, Mike, will will Shaw have a license to operate, operate a TV service? And that is uncertain at the moment. Yeah, and then just to get it clarified, you said that you had a proposal, 
that you put in. Has that proposal, is that still pending? Or it's been, it's, no, it's, uh, it's, it's been rejected. It's been rejected. So will you resubmit it with some amendments to it to get it approved? Or what is the plan from your side? So the, 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 our understanding is that um, we've been through uh, two lots of a tender and we have a third lot to come. And the third lot um, will ask uh, for uh, an internet service provider, I understand, which we're not too sure what the scope of that um, is because you don't have internet service providers, as far as I know, anywhere else around the world these days. So I'm not too sure what uh, ISP, as it's called, um, tender is going to include. We're, we're a little bit in the dark as to, to what it will be. But anyway, um, let's assume that there will be a, a new opportunity for us to tender. Um, we'll have to look at that tender to decide whether it's uh, attractive to us. Um, and the scope of that tender is important in terms of what, what, what will it cover and what, what it won't cover. Um, uh, for the sake of argument, let's assume that we, we, we go for that tender, then um, I, I've been told there'll be a number of other operators who will be going for that, and it will be a, uh, a competitive tender. So um, uh, will we win it? I'm not sure, because we, we, we put our, best, our very best offer in uh, for, uh, as you've heard, for, for things like unlimited data. Um, and again, the investment uh, was all of ours, all of Shaw's, and no investment required from the Centralina government. Um, and we didn't we didn't get selected. So my confidence that we would be selected for that lot three is unfortunately and sadly very low. Mm. So uh, we'll just see what happens. And just to cover a little bit, we've been talking now for twenty four minutes. Um, this with the satellite stations, what is happening there? Because they have always been of interest to Saint Lina because it helps to keep the keep the price low has been the idea for the consumers by having somebody that taking the big load because we're going to end up with a big bill coming in when the cable is connected and we don't really know who's going to pay it obviously it is the taxpayer in the end taxpayer here or taxpayer in UK but we need some help to pay that bill so what can you do in the current situation without the contract you can't offer can you offer a price to uh, is that light station? Let, let me just, before I get, get to that point, let me just talk a little bit about what our previous proposal was, because you raise a very important point. The cost of the cable is a lot more, a lot more than running the satellite broadband that we have today. But you get a lot more for it. In our proposal that was rejected, we were going to pay for that cable operation in its entirety. And... And again, that was rejected. So we weren't asking for any subsidy at all. Um, uh, so, so we would have covered the, the... It's more than double the cost of satellite to run the cable. It's not cheap. Um, and if you're not careful, if, it's not, if the telecommunications environment is not run properly, the taxpayer will... Or people who, through their bills will, will have to end up paying that difference. So uh, there, there is a risk there. Um, However, more positively, on the opportunity, and you, you are asking all the right questions here, Mike. Um, and uh, so 
there, there, a, as I said earlier on, there is a, I, I do believe there is a fantastic opportunity, ultimately, um, in that the, the satellite operators are interested here. Uh, there's one in particular who's very interested in coming here. Um, they want to work with Shaw. And uh, why? Because we have the skills to do it. So um, people probably don't know, and I wouldn't expect you to know, but Shaw has got a lot of experience in working with satellite operators. So, for example, the Ariane Space Station, which is effe effectively a satellite operation for the European Space Agency in Ascension, was built and is run by Shaw. And there are some people from, Ascension, uh, from Centralina who help run that service. Um, highly skilled people as well uh, and Mark Heron who I mentioned earlier on helped uh, build and design and build and operate the Galileo uh, operation for the European Space Agency which until Brexit was used for global positioning and that was based in Ascension and the Falkland Islands and Shaw did all of that so when we're talking to the satellite operators they say Fantastic, you're here in Centralina. Can you design and build and operate us, our Earth station? And we can say yes. If Shaw isn't here, who is going to do that? Because the, the, the Centralina government don't have the skills and resources. There's no other companies here. There's no one else like Adam and his team, Christine, uh, here on the island. So what's going to happen is that those big global satellite providers are going to have to go to Africa or have to go to Europe or go to the, the normal supplier in, in the US. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to say, where's St. Helena? Oh, wow. OK, we need to send how many people down there? Oh, how much is that going to cost? How much time is that going to cost? And the concern I have for St. Helena is if you don't in, encourage Shaw to be part of this, then those operators, are, their costs are going to go up and up and up and there will be no business case for them to locate here and the opportunity will disappear. How, on the positive side, again, if, if we can work with the government to uh, take advantage of these opportunities, it will be hard pounds that enter into the, the economy, both in... Um, so Adam's already been talking to local suppliers and getting quotes for all of the buildings that would have to go into Horse Point, all the infrastructure. We're talking concrete, fencing, um, uh, generators, huge road, a new road, roadway as well. As some examples, as well as building a new fibre network out there too. That that's all money that will come straight into the Centralina economy. Uh, and then the, the money that those uh, operators are willing to pay for the capacity on the cable, that money will come straight back into the St. Helena government and sure is going to obviously work with the government to make sure that that, that amount of money is maximised as well. So you're talking about Horse Point. I think it was OneWeb originally interested in uh, Horse Point, wasn't it? How are the communications with uh, OneWeb? So I, I, I don't feel it's right for me to talk about any direct communications of any particular company. What I will say is with one particular company, they, that, as I said, they are very keen to work with Shaw. It could be that if we can work things out here in Centralina while I'm here this week, um, and that's part of my, the reason why I'm here, um, uh, that we could actually sign a contract with that provider uh, this month 
and they want to see everything operational by the summer by the summer Mike I mean that's how real this opportunity is they yeah. are they are incredibly keen if we can do it and the danger is as I said if, if we don't do the deal they will look elsewhere these are big global companies yeah but it, it, there are three different uh, it, it, you can sign a contract and you can provide the connectivity but they also need electricity and the government is setting the land lease. Those three need to be combined at the right price. Absolutely. So, so, so uh, we we have to in partnership. It's a three-way partnership basically that would have to happen between Shaw, the satellite operator, and the and the Centralina government. And and it all three sides need to work together to to bring that about. I could, yeah, absolutely, Mike. And look. We, we, we have been saying this for a while and uh, you know just just to just to also say Senate Lena government you know have done an amazing job in bringing the, the cable here that is an, a, a fantastic achievement and it is going to be it's going to be a wonderful asset for for this island it's going to improve livelihoods as I said but it should also have a direct impact on the economy. And there's there's this opportunity staring us in the face, and you know what's going to happen. It's it's a classic situation. If you get one, if you hook one fish, you'll start to catch a few more, because they they will want to. They will see their competitors coming here and think that's a good idea. It will put it will put Saint Helena on the map uh, uh, for this. And uh, there's only probably two, two, three, four other serious players in this space. But imagine if we could get them all here. You're, t- you're talking potentially millions of pounds going directly into the economy. Mm. And uh, we hope that this will happen as soon as possible. So uh, you said using your network, go back to the network, we know that the cable should be operational towards the end of the first quarter next year. I think that is the... And I think it's just been commissioned, actually. Uh, so then we have to start paying... So when can we be up and running according to your proposal? So yeah, we, we um, if, uh, and unfortunately again the clock is ticking here, every day that, that it, it, it isn't going to be sure means another day that the cable is not going to be connected up frankly as well. So uh, even with uh, our tight timetable that we had, we said that during next year, had we agreed things uh, last month, and by the way, we had signed our heads of terms. We we were we thought we were going to be the provider for the next ten years uh, to Saint Helena, and we were very very excited about that. So it was a it was a real huge blow to us not to be selected. But yeah, our plan was to connect to fibre, uh, connect to the cable during next year, and start to pass those benefits on. Um, but it, in, in all honesty, it would have taken us until the 1st of January of 2024 and effectively we would have started to flick the switch then over to, to cable and switch off satellite. Just one last question because we've been going on for a bit. It's been very interesting, I have to say. But even when you have the cable, you need a backup system, don't you? Because it, it happens, we see what happens around the world, and it's an evil world out there. Cables, <laughs> cables can snap, or somebody might deliberately snap our cable, and then we are up the creek, can't we? <laughs> if, if, we don't, if we don't have a backup system. Well, 
Yes, and again, we had uh, we had proposed a backup system um, because we have the satellite uh, antenna there today. Um, and what we would do is maintain, if you like, an emergency system at fallback so that, for example, international calls could still be made and um, effectively the government could dial 999. Uh, you know, that type of infrastructure would remain in place, all jokes aside. Um, and um, also the cable itself uh, would be designed and is designed so that you know, the, the branch goes to the middle of the Atlantic between here and Africa and then it connects to Lisbon and to Cape Town and Shaw would build uh, a network from Lisbon and Cape Town that meant that there was full redundancy there. So you in Centralina, if, if the Les Lisbon connection went down, it would automatically uh, uh, route down through Cape Town instead. And those are the kind of things that Shaw does uh, without being asked to do, frankly. Yeah, but well. if, the, if the last spur to St. Lina goes... Yes, yeah. so you, that's where you need the satellite as well. Um, and again, if Shaw isn't going to be the provider, then someone's going to need to build a whole new satellite operation here, which, which seems a complete waste. I came up with one more question. I apologise. So what is... Because I know how the telecommunication ordinance, what it says... What, what is Shaw's infrastructure on the island? What do you value it to? Uh, well, that's a good question. It's, <laughs> it's, it's millions of pounds. Um, we honestly haven't done that evaluation as yet. Um, but but it, it isn't, you know, as we talked about earlier on, you, you can't build a new network for a million pounds in Centralina. I, I, wish, I wish you could, um, but, but it's, it's not possible. Um, so yeah, it's it's in the it's not a few million pounds. It's it's but, quite. But, a but you would that. know how much it was in, in uh, how much is it in your books? It's it's a few million pounds in our books, but that that is not uh, what the network is worth in in real life. Yeah, I know that could come to a point one day, couldn't it? Yes, it <laughs> could. It could. Um, yes, it could. And uh, again, I hope it doesn't. But uh, that, that, that is uh, uh, one of the possibilities is that unfortunately, uh, Centralina will effectively have to pay for two networks. One, they'll have to uh, uh, buy a new, uh, a new network and then pay for the old network. Okay, thank you very much for coming to... Uh Mike, can I just say one more thing? Because it's been a. Um, I've absolutely loved this. Is my first visit to Centralina. I didn't get to. I should. I, I really wanted to start with this and just say uh, what what a wonderful place it is. It's uh, I, the the beauty of the island is is staggering. Um, and having come here and seen it, I, I the thing that stands out for me so far is just the community and the community spirit. And uh, I've really enjoyed meeting everyone I've met here. It's been a, a fantastic week so far. Um, I'm already looking forward to coming back one day. Uh, and I hope it will be in positive circumstances um, and that we can continue to be the operator for the Centralina people and, and community. Um, if I can as well, is just talk a little bit about uh, our purpose as an organisation. So... Um, you know, you all who are listening to, to me now probably don't really understand what, 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 what Shore is about and what we do. Um, but our purpose is to connect our island communities for a better future. We operate in seven island communities from the Falklands to Ascension uh, to Guernsey, Jersey, the Isle of Man, and then all the way into the Indian Ocean and Diego Garcia. 
and we are working with governments in Guernsey to roll out fibre, in the Isle of Man to roll out fibre for their for the government there. And in the Falkland Islands, we have a, we have a deal with the, the Falkland Islands government where they enable more broadband to be passed on and uh, give more value to uh, faster broadband to everyone in, in the Falkland Islands. So our, our purpose is to connect our, our communities for a better future. And that is exactly what we want to do here in Centralina. We want to carry on doing that. We have those 23 people here who are all Centralinian and we are part of your community and we really want to continue to be be that, that, that part and play that part and connect for a better a better and brighter future and make our contribution to the economy as well. Okay, but thank you very much for that and uh, thank you for coming to St. FM. Anything else? Add on and Christine? Nope. So, uh, yes. So, uh, we will see you again. How long are you here for? I, I, I sadly have to go back at well, I'm hoping the plane, maybe it will be delayed uh, as the plane was or, or coming in uh, from, you know, delayed from Saturday to Sunday. But no, currently I'm due out on the, on the plane on Saturday. As you know, it's not, um, it takes a bit of time to get here, doesn't it? So it will be a, a good, almost a two week trip, round trip from Guernsey in the end uh, when I get back. But no, it's been a, an absolute pleasure to be here. Um, I want to also thank the Mantis uh, Hotel because it's it's a it's a beautiful place to stay, and I've been very welcomed, as I said, by everyone. And one more thing, sorry, I also <laughs> want to say thank you to the team because uh, they've had to put up with a lot recently. There's a lot of uncertainty on the Shore team here, as you can imagine, with everything I've said today, and they've put their heart and soul into everything, and will continue to be really professional and. You know, if it is the last day that, that we'll be doing things at the end of next year, um, the whole team I know are going to stay committed to providing you all with a professional service until that time. So a big thank you to the Shore team.